Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, I'm going to say this kindly to you because we've all sinned. Sinning is stupid. How foolish can we be? A totally idiotic. We lose all senses. So he came to his senses. He lost it. What was I thinking? And so when you see that, we've all said that. We made a decision. We bought something and you leave there and sign it. What was I thinking? It all seems so good at the time. We often think after making a poor decision, life choice. Sin is so enticing, but as scripture says, it leads to death in the end. The story of the prodigal that Pastor Mark is sharing today contains one of those instances. Many times for us, we don't see the folly of our sin until after we are in ruin. Hopefully, our decision doesn't include damage to someone else. Thankfully, our Heavenly Father is always waiting for us to come back home. Like the father in the story, he's patiently awaiting our return full of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, Two Lost Sons and One Loving Father, in Luke chapter 15. How did he get so many friends so easy? The next round is on me. I'll take that round too. When his money is gone, where did they go? You know, it's nice to know in life who your real friends are. Those are not real friends. They were using him. He's too young to know. So when his money is gone, his friends are gone. The good times are gone. The prostitutes, are they gone? Of course, they don't work for nothing. They're gone. And his food is gone. He doesn't have anything to eat. Now, I want you to write this down. Sometimes we forget this. There is pleasure in sin, but only for a short time. Pastor Mark, you're a pastor. You're telling me there's pleasure in sinning? Hello. If there wasn't pleasure in sin, why would you sin? It's like, let's take sin as liver. Oh, I'll have some liver. You'd never eat liver if there was no pleasure in eating it. By the way, I'm one that won't eat liver. Whatever. Some of you like it, sinners. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. Let's, just, let's come back. So see, Moses is the one that said that. See, there is pleasure in sin. Of course there is. That's our old nature. There's pleasure in walking away from God. Finally, I'm free. But you're going to learn in a moment, you're not free. You're in bondage. There's pleasure in sin, but only for a short time. I like the Old Testament. It says it's fleeting. 
Well, he had his fun while it was there, but it was so short, it's all done. Now, as that happens, he's beginning to do something that all of us do. By the way, let me just stop for a second. As I talk about the prodigal kind of walking away from God, one and doing our own thing. Are there any Christians, Christ followers here, that once in a while, we have a little bit of prodigal in us. Can I see your hand? The rest of you are lying through your teeth. Because sometimes we go, okay, God, I'm not waiting on you. I'm going to do this because I think this is the best thing to do. And later we go, whoops, that was not really good. So prodigal can be tempter. Usually that's how it happens. Just a little start. And then pretty soon, how, how did I get here? That's the way sin works. Sin always takes you farther than you ever imagined you would go and do things you never dreamed you would do. That's why Satan's deceptive. He's called a deceiver. Well, here he is. So he has no money. He has no friends. He has no prostitutes. He has no food. So he begins to think. And here's the words he starts using in his mind. If only I had not asked for my inheritance. But see, it's too late. He dreamed of being free of his father. He is, but now he's in need, just like all of us. Sometimes we fight that. Our old sin nature says, be your own God. Be independent from God. Remember, that is not how Christianity works. So I want you to write this down. If we choose to leave God, and it's our choice, and do life without God, I can guarantee you this from my own life, and you know it well. Things will go badly for us. Things will not end up well. Pleasure for a while, but then problems. No doubt the tax collectors and the sinners, as they're listening to this younger son, you know what one of the guys is saying to his wife? Honey, (laughs) they're talking about us. We thought all this lifestyle would be fantastic. You know what? We're, We're in need. He's talking about us. The tax collector saying, I got all the money I want. That's not relating to me. But I'm empty. It doesn't satisfy. He's talking to me. You see, those sinners have spent their life just like this, trying to find purpose and meaning to life. And they discover you can't do it without the Father. Life was never made to be independent from God. Everything they did was a dead end. And they were empty and lonely. They were in need. Now, as I said to you, as those people, the tax collectors and sinners, this is as far as the story goes. He's got nothing. And they're saying in their minds, well, that's us. What's going to happen to the younger son? What resources does he have? None. Can he go back to the father? I hope he can go back to the father. Is that what Jesus is going to say? Is there something we can do for our life? And those of you that are prodigals, backslidden, you're saying the same thing. Pastor Mark, I identify with that. I don't know how I got here. Is there any hope for me? That's what these people who were sinners were saying. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? When she was carried before Jesus and the leaders were ready to stone her, she's saying, there's no hope for me. I'm done. I'm finished. They're going to stone me. I sinned. I'm over with. 
Well, this is what these people are thinking. Is there any hope? You're thinking the same thing. Now, Satan will say to you, no hope for you. Stupid decision. You'll have to pay for it. Dumb. That's it. God's not interested in you. He doesn't want you home. Careful. When you're going to see something in this story, I want you to write this down. There's hope for anyone because God loves everyone regardless. You'll see this in the story. This is Jesus trying to show us what God is like. Don't listen to the enemy, Satan. When we sin, the enemy says, don't even ask forgiveness. God won't forgive you. What you did, are you kidding? No, it's a lie. There's always hope for anyone because God loves us. Now, if you have no food, what's the next thing you're going to try to do? Don't even look at the verse. What's the next? If you have no food, what are you going to try to do? You're going to get a job. Remember what the Bible says? If you don't work, you don't eat. So he's going to try to get a job. Look at verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. What would that citizen be? He's going to be a Gentile. How did Jews and Gentiles get along? Not at all. In those days, for sure, the Jews thought they were actually terrible people. They didn't want to be around Gentiles at all. So he hires himself, citizens of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Now, how does a Jewish person handle pigs? Well, they're not kosher. Any of you have been to a pig farm? Any of you have been to a pig farm? Yes. After you leave the pig farm, you'd rather just really have maybe turkey bacon. You know, that pork chop doesn't look exactly the same way after you see that pig. You know what I mean? And by the way, is the smell any good? So this kid's going to carry that smell with him, too. So here we have the only place he can find is working for a Gentile. Off limits. The only thing you can do is feed pigs. Off limits. But there he is. Now, when I thought about this and I went through it, I thought this was huge. Uh, During the famine, the only employment he could find is what I just described to you. And look what it says. Verse 16. He longed to fill his stomach. What's crying at him? His stomach. With the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He was envying the pigs and what they ate. But no person cared to give him anything to eat. Verse 17. The first six words you want to circle in your Bible always come back to this. Look what it says. When he came, say it with me, to his senses. Every one of us that have a prodigal son, daughter, uncle, aunt, neighbor, you name it. This is what we pray for. For a person to come to the senses. Pastor Mark, what does that mean? I'll explain it to you. Now, remember I told you that sometimes if we pray for the wrong thing, there are times that God gives it to us. He prayed wrong. Father, give it to me. I'm not interested in what you think, God. Thank you very much. The famine that came, I believe, was sent by God to be a blessing in disguise. You see, because when he ran out of money, at the same time, there's a famine. 
There's no place to get a job. Food is really scarce. So when that happened, he sits down and it says he came to his senses. Now, what's going through his mind? He came to his senses. Well, here it is. When he looks at the circumstances that's in the country, famine, and he looks at his own circumstances, God has used that famine and his foolishness. Watch me. See if you can guess it. For him to hit bottom. What is bottom? No way out but up. He can't go anywhere. It's a dead end. And that's what God does. God wants to bring people to the bottom. Because when they get to the bottom, they start thinking, okay, (laughs) that was stupid. What in the world? Common sense returns. I'm sure he said to himself, this is foolish. This is insane. Here's the way we would say it today. And I want you to turn to your neighbor because this is what he's doing. Here's what he was saying. What was I thinking? Go ahead and turn to your neighbor. What was I thinking? Now, I'm going to say this kindly to you because we've all sinned. Sinning is stupid. How foolish can we be? A totally idiotic. We lose all senses. So he came to his senses. He lost it. What was I thinking? And so when you see that, we've all said that. We made a decision. We bought something and you leave there and sign. What was I thinking? So he's at a place. He's hit bottom. He has no way out, but God's arranged it. Living apart from God is insanity. You were never designed to do that. You will never find fulfillment. Well, look at the last verse. And here's what he says. How many of my father's hired servants, the day servants, have food to spare? That shows us his father was generous. He didn't just feed the day workers enough. Here's a a little meal. No, he was generous. They had food to spare. And he says, and here I am starving to death. He remembered that his father's servants were living more comfortably than he was And they had food to eat. Here's what you want to write. This is so true. This is what you want to pray for prodigals. People that are backslidden. Relatives, family, friend, neighbors. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. That's what God's doing. He's helping arrange the circumstances. Does this remind you of any other story in the Bible? Remember Jonah? God says, go this way. Jonah goes, what way? That way. Did God arrange any circumstances to bring him to his end? That's called a fish. He was inside the fish. When Jonah was inside the fish, what do you think he said? What was I thinking? (laughs) Same thing. God arranges the circumstance. So God isn't doing that to make it miserable. God's doing it to bring common sense to our mind. Come back home. So when you see this, look what he decides to do. Verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, God, and you, my earthly father. By the way, sin is always against God. Certainly is against others, but it's always against God. So when you see I've sinned against heaven and against you, what is it? It's real repentance. He did something that pleased the Father. He took responsibility 
for his sins. He didn't say, well, it was my dad's fault. He should have never given it to me. You know, over here, this is the famine. That must be God, too. He's punishing me. This was the, and I'm not, I'm not, no, no. He took responsibility for his sins. No excuses. See, repentance never works with excuses. Now, I want to go back to my father. And that's exactly what he said. He wasn't going to go back to a home, a building. He wasn't going to go back to his earthly father. He wanted to go back to his heavenly father. Now, here's what repentance is. Do you remember? This is what he's doing. Here it is. Repentance is to change one's mind. What was I thinking? Which results in a change of purpose, of direction, and of behavior. You'll see this played out. Now, as he's thinking of going home, he's kind of working out what he's going to say to his father, that I've sinned against you. But then he's thinking this in verse 19. Look at this. I'm no longer worthy. This is part of his talk that he's going to give to his father. I've sinned. I take full responsibility for it. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'd be exquisitely happy if you'll make me like one of your hired servants. You see, he realized in his mind, this is what he thought. He's not worthy now because he's blown everything. My father will never make me a son again. Guaranteed, he might forgive me, but I'm never going to have the same status. I won't have the same relationship at all. He's not going to restore me. I'm going to be a servant. But to be honest with you, I'll take the servant because the least I can eat. Verse 20. So he got up and he went to his father. What is that? Real repentance. See, he didn't sit there with the pigs for two or three months. Well, I think I'll go back to my father. Hmm, maybe I'll wait a little while. I think I'll go back to my father. I think I'll go back to my father. A lot of people do that. Well, I'll wait to get right with God. I'll think about my father. It is going to come one of these days. No, he got up and he went. So he's got this rap. And when he meets his father, by the way, what do you think when he meets his father, he smells like? Let's not even go there, right? Watch this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Now, we don't know how that worked. Maybe he had a second story or whatever. Saw him. How often do you think that father went out looking for a son down the road? Probably every day. Do you know that God is looking for you? You're not in this building by accident. Some people call God, it sounds irreverent, but it's absolutely right on. The hound of heaven. He's always searching. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned, ate of the fruit? When they did that, what did they do? They tried to hide themselves from God, remember? And they covered themselves with fig leaves. They're itchy. Let's not even go there. What a stupid thing. What was I thinking? And when they tried to hide from God, what did God do? Say, good, glad to get rid of you guys. I'm going to try another couple. No, what did God say? Adam, where are you? Get over here. No, that's not at all what God said. He said, Adam, where are you? Now, did God, like, didn't have a GPS? He couldn't find Adam. No, he wanted Adam to say, here I am. And when they walked in with their leaves, why did they have leaves? Because they covered themselves. They now saw their sin. Who pursued who? The hound of heaven went after Adam and Eve. Anytime you became a Christian, 
Whenever that, the hound of heaven came after you. See, the Bible says in the Old Testament, no man seeks God, but God seeks man. Don't say, well, I was good enough. God picked me from the top. You have trouble. You need to get down here today. No, we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. Amen. You're going to see this. He sees him. And look what else. He was filled with what? Anger. No, compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. That's a picture of God's grace. You see, most people think that God's distant, angry, and condemning. Totally wrong. We see the real heart of God. What is grace? Here it is. Grace is undeserved favor. We don't expect it, and we don't deserve it. There's no way this son expected his father to come and hug him and be filled with compassion. You see, the father, like God, is filled with joy when a person repents and comes home and becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, look at this verse. This is huge for us. And all of us that were sinners, we still need this verse. Those of you that become a Christian, you need it. Those of you that are very religious but have never turned your life over, you those of you that are prodigals and backslidden, you need this verse. Look at it. Let's read it together, all of us. On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Oh, Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. For how many? Well, that covers everybody here, but it covers everybody in the world. God so loved the world. The son said to him, verse 21, Father, he's got his thing going. He's ready to go. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And right there at that moment, watch me. The father goes, shut up. Probably didn't say that word. He says, listen, I've heard it. I know you repented. Let me tell you something. So he stops his confession. He's already a believer. He's already repented. He already made he's a sinner. Look what the father says. But the father said to him, servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring that calf. We've been fattened up for a big wreck. Here it is. Get him. Kill him. Have a feast. And let's celebrate. Lost. Found. Repent celebrate. How could he not celebrate? Notice, this is a picture of God. His eagerness to forgive when we don't deserve it. This son didn't deserve at all to be a son or to even really been forgiven. But when he came, the father was concerned. He was once dead, but now he's alive. What do you do with that? You celebrate. Pastor Mark continued teaching from the story of the prodigal son today. We learned that sometimes it's not the best thing for us to get what we want. Many times there are dangers and consequences that we never thought of beforehand. As far as God is concerned, there's always a way back to Him. All we have to do is humble ourselves and ask His forgiveness. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The next message from Pastor Mark will complete his teaching about the prodigal, his father, and his brother. We will be taught more about the attitudes of those who are listening to Jesus, as well as about where we fit in this tale. We all left God at one time. We need to figure out where we are now, whether we need to find our way back home to the Father in heaven. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.